Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage and tonight we are going to dig into one of the most beloved stories in the Bible as we continue our series on Genesis chapters 1 through 11 called Back to the Beginning. If you would like to join in the conversation tonight or if you have questions or need someone to pray with, please give us a call tonight. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, I would like to start the program tonight by praising the Lord for the news we got on Friday that the Supreme Court of America overturned the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. I believe it's like a miracle, Micah. It is, yeah. I I have to admit, you know, although I've been praying for it for many years, I wasn't sure that I would live to see the day. And I actually find it significant that Roe versus Wade was decided 49 years ago, and now in the 50th year, it has been overturned. And I'd like to read Leviticus 25.10 as we open our program, because I think it's it, it's uh, relevant. You know, as, okay, the Bible says, And ye shall hollow the 50th year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you. And ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. So, although we're still in a really rough place as a country, this is a significant step, and we praise God for it. Yes, praise the Lord, and let's continue to pray even for safety. Yeah. Uh, for those who have labored hard for the deliverance of babies from their death in the mother's womb, yeah. and also pray for our Supreme Court justices who have endured some level of persecution, yeah. even attempted mm-hmm. assassinations, yeah. and pray that the mob rule would not win over in, mm-hmm. in our nation. Mm-hmm. So we pray for peace, and we pray for continued victory, Micah, and thank God uh, for that. Amen. Well, we are so excited today to have with us in the studio one of our longtime faithful members, Sister Hattie Henry. And so, Hattie, we welcome you to the Heritage of Faith Conversation program. Thank you. Amen. And, and Hattie, tell the listeners, again, just to remind them, I know you've been on the program, but tell them how you found out about Heritage Baptist Church. Uh, the radio. Yeah. Family radio, it was. Yeah. And, and you were listening to the radio at, at a deli, right, where you were working? Oh, when I worked in the deli, yes. I played the, uh, all the religious uh, programs every day. Amen. And you came to our church many years ago now, and you faithfully served. And we'll be talking that about that as well in the program as we discuss of about Noah's Ark being the tool of deliverance during this worldwide flood. And we have with us in studio tonight our dear sister, Dr. Esther Hahn, who's usually leading our call screening. So thank you, Dr. Hahn, for joining us in studio again. Hi, Pastor. Nice yeah. to be here. Okay, so we're going to be looking in Genesis chapter 6. We're going to read verses 9 through 22. 
And what makes this passage of Scripture so beloved and unique, dear friends, is that really beginning at verse 13 and going down to verse 21, God is speaking directly to Noah. Mm. And Micah, we have a God who is a speaking God. We do. And He directs His people mm-hmm. with clear directions what they're to do and how they're to go about their lives Mm -hmm. and so dear friend we can have that confidence as well that though god may not speak to us in an audible voice we have the completed bible and we have the holy spirit in us and we do believe that god speaks directly to us to direct our lives and lead us in the way that we ought to go and so if you have any questions about that or if you want prayer about god's direction in your life give us a call right now we have two beloved call screeners who love the lord and who will who will hear your prayer request and go with you before the throne of grace at 929-333-3739. You can call us right now. Our phone lines are open. If you want to join the conversation and talk with us about how God revealed to Noah how to build the ark, the dimensions of the ark, we're going to talk about this tonight. You can call us and join our conversation at 929-333-3739. We welcome you to call us right now. So, yeah, and Pastor, I, I think it's incredible how sometimes, you know, we may have a question about our life. We may be looking for that direction that you're talking yeah. about. And, you know, the answer is actually found in the Bible. So when we go to other Christians and other believers who are strong in the Word, you know, they, they don't have to necessarily hear a word from God. They can just go directly to Scripture to get the answer oftentimes. So if you do have a question like that, we yeah. have two faithful counselors on the other end of the phone. So please give us a call. That's right. And that's why we're here live as well, one of the main reasons. And if you're hearing this on a Wednesday night replay, there are call screeners as well who will take your call. So you could call us. We're live here on Sunday night, and then Wednesday the call this program is replayed. So you may call us again, 929-333-3739. And three is a good number for our program tonight. (laughs) As we talk about the ARC, there were three levels of the ark and so we'll look at that so let's begin genesis chapter 6 beginning at verse 9 and i'll start us off it says these are the generations of noah noah was a just man and perfect in his generations and noah walked with god and noah begat three sons shem ham and japheth the earth also was corrupt before god and the earth was filled with violence and god looked upon the earth and behold it was corrupt and all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Okay, verse 14. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is... The fashion which thou shalt make of it, the length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die 
But with thee I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shall thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Amen. And let's pray. Father God, we ask you now to come down and speak to the hearts of our listeners, wherever they may be, and draw us to yourself. And Lord, if there's any under the sound of our voice who are overwhelmed by the corruption of our culture, we think even of Lot who who was grieved by the corruption of Sodom and Gomorrah day by day. And Lord, we are living in these days as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. And so Lord, we pray that you would deliver us and give us the faith of Noah to stand strong and to please you and walk with you in these corrupt and violent times. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So this wonderful story of Noah and the ark, it's not a mere legend. It's not a fable. Though it's famously used to teach children the power of God's judgment and salvation, it's a true story. And this amazing story also deals with very serious issues. But isn't it amazing that this serious story with tremendous you know, inf- impact of judgment yeah. as, is used to teach children. Yeah. That's, it's almost ironic, isn't yeah. it? Uh-huh. So tonight, Hattie is with us. And Hattie, you, when you came to our church, you joined our Heritage Discipleship Institute, right? Yes. You became one of our early graduates, one of our great graduates of our institute, and you taught children for many, many years in our church. And we're so thankful for that. And how did you teach such young children, this particular story of Noah. Thank you, Pastor. As you know, Pastor, children at that age, toddlers, are two years to four years old. Mm -hmm. And they learn basically through play and repetition. So that's what I did. I would call them in. I would sit them down on the mat, and we would pray. And as we prayed, most times they would pray for their toys or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I taught them to say, to pray that Jesus loves me all the time or, or something about Jesus, too, also. But most times. I mean, you would pray for them to get the toys they wanted? Is that what they no, no, wanted? No, no, no. I would have oh. them pray for, the, for, for, have them pray individually, and they yeah. would pray for their toys when they, that they had at home. Oh, that, they, that the toys would keep safe. Right, or, oh. or that they, thank, they would thank God for their toys. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. I should have said it that way. And then uh, I would read them the story from my King James Bible of the story of Noah and uh-huh. the ark. And sometimes they would say, Miss Hattie, what is an ark? So I would tell them it's a huge boat. Mm-hmm. And so many times um, what I would do, the, the, the classes that I remember giving to them was that we would buy um, paper containers and the stacking boxes yeah. and, mm-hmm. and 
and put them. But what I would do is I would label them one, two, and three because there are three levels on the art. Okay. And I would have them pick out the numbers. But as they pick it out, I'd have a card. I'd hold it up. Is this what number is that? And they, they would find that number and put their art together. They could only take three. And as they uh, got them together, put them together, I would give them crayons and they could color the art the way they wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, Pastor, I would be having the music played in the background of the story of knowing art. We had we would have cassette players, or I would have somebody singing or, or doing different activities so that they could hear the word. Because mm-hmm. in um, I, I believe it's in uh, Romans, the, the Romans uh, ten, uh, I believe it's ten. It yeah. says that <clears throat> faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Absolutely. And I wanted to teach uh-huh. them. Uh, the word of God. That's what I was teaching them. So uh, that's, and then when they finished that particular project, we would sit down on the mat again, and then I had a uh, a large booklet about the about their size, and they would teach me the story or tell me the story. Okay. And then we, yeah. because their attention span is so short, you know, <laughs> I would have to have something else for them. So I had on one table, I would cut out the art, knowing his wife. Noah's three sons and and the animals. I would have figurines of the animals, and I would go through and I would ask them different questions about about the the situation. I'd, I'd ask them, "What is this?" And they would say, "The ark." Who is that? And they would say, "Noah." Who were who were his sons? And I would say, "Ham, Sham, and Japheth." So I said, "Oh wow!" And you would be surprised at how well they remembered the story because they were hearing it continuously. Yeah. Um. And then I would take them around to the animals. And I'd ask them to pick an animal that was their favorite. And if they, most times they would pick two different ones. And I'd say, oh no, what does the word say? And they'd think a minute, oh, two by two. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd say, okay, two by two. Two of the same type or or two of a kind. So then I'd have them put, put one back and take the one that they liked the best. And then I take them around to the food yeah. that was on the art because mm-hmm. we did food, there, there was food, and I only saw uh, fruits. So I'd have fruits, and the the, um, the animals would eat grass and and different worms. I put worms <laughs> in a jar <laughs> and uh, and let them look at it and and explore. You had real worms. Yes, in, sir. In we the Sunday in real, school class. Real okay. worms, real worms, and real grass and real fruits. Okay. That they could smell and taste because I wanted to excite their senses because that's how you we learn through our senses, right? So uh-huh. that that was how I taught the um, the story of Noah. And then we had one very um, uh, she was an engineer, I believe, and she made a boat out of newspapers. And the children loved it. And we could fit five children in at a time. <laughs> and on occasion, wow. yeah. And on occasion, that must have been a big boat of his papers. It was almost as big as the whole length of the gym where we were. Yes. I wonder if Emily and Chloe are listening right now. I mean, would they, they like would the that. would they like the worms in their Sunday school class though? Well, they or, would be but I know they would like to get into this boat of newspapers. Right, boat of newspapers. Yeah. And what we would do for the covering, which you would put uh, a cardboard over it, and we would drop something on it, made it sound like rain, so that the children know that the this was a story about the flood. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I that's how I approached. Wow, it. you had a lot of object lessons oh, and yes. a lot of visuals, and you appealed to the whole 
to the whole being of the young people with their ears, their eyes, their hands, and then also getting them to teach that story, yeah. Hattie, and that, that's really beautiful. And this is a great, great story to, to do object lessons and make crafts with. I remember when we were in Japan on our missions trip, we had a special outreach to the young people, and the young people came, and our craft was a, a Noah's Ark craft. And, mm. and I remember Edgar and I made the craft, and he made his really nice and my, much better than mine, <laughs> but I did keep mine, and I still have it hanging in my room, my Noah's Ark craft. And so I know that children make these crafts in Sunday school, right, Hattie? And they yes. bring them home, and, and maybe they keep them for many years. I don't know if they're as sentimental as I am, though, you know? Yeah. But, um, well, that's, that's great. Yeah, Pastor, as I was preparing for the study this week, I found myself full of joy because I remembered learning about this story in Vacation Bible School when I was a kid myself. And I had good teachers, like Miss Hattie was a good teacher. Um, she wasn't my teacher, but um, there were so many appealing elements that I remember. The teachers really brought the story to life. There was, of course, the multitude of animals, two by two, which reminded me of going to the zoo. There was the giant boat. There was dramatic rainstorms for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. The anticipation, the waiting, the dove that finally came back with the olive leaf in her beak. And then, of course, the rainbow at the end, which signified God's promise. And he would never destroy the earth again. And it's a promise that we can claim today. And this is one of the most exciting Bible stories for kids. But it also has many uh, valuable lessons for us adults. And isn't that amazing, the different elements that even relate to, and we could maybe talk about this gay pride parade which took place in our city today yeah. and the different elements from this story that even relate to that you mentioned the rainbow yeah. mm-hmm. and here was the rainbow which is God's sign of his faithfulness yeah. the rainbow is the Lord yeah. and it's his sign and the devil is always the thief and the liar yeah. to steal these beautiful signs of which remind us of God and his beautiful character and nature Pastor may I say one more thing sure Pastor, in Second Timothy 2, boy, I think you quoted it today in, in your lesson, uh, Paul, when he was recruiting Timothy, he, he reminded Timothy of his childhood yeah. uh, a relationship to the scriptures. So I thought that was an That's interesting right. point to point out, too. Mm-hmm. That and that know, from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make mm-hmm. thee wise right. unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. as Paul said there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Hattie. So this is a vital narrative, Micah, as well. As we're doing this study in Genesis 1 through 11, Mm -hmm. there's two and actually three major events in these early chapters of Genesis that are crucial to our biblical worldview today. Mm -hmm. Obviously, creation Mm -hmm. and then the global flood upon the world, and then the confusion of languages. Mm -hmm. And all three of these things, and especially the first two, are denied by evolutionary geologists and scientists. Mm -hmm. And they want to come up with their own explanation for the age of the earth. And we'll talk more about that Mm -hmm. in the coming weeks as well. But it's vital. This is an absolutely vital and true story that the earth was covered by great moral depravity, and because the earth had corrupted itself with moral darkness, God covered the wor- world with water in destruction. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is a literal story. It's literal history. Mm-hmm. It's written yeah. to us in other books of the Bible, right? Yeah, all Job, throughout the Bible. Yeah, yeah, throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. Job mentions it actually, and Job is an early book after the flood. Mm-hmm. Job references the flood on many different occasions. It's mentioned in Isaiah. It's mentioned in Ezekiel as well. Obviously, in the Gospels and the epistles 
And the earth bears the marks of this worldwide flood mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. So this is vital for us to believe in a literal sense. It's not a legend. It's not a fable. And though it's a beautiful story to teach children, it's not a fairy tale story. It's a real life story. So let's look at these verses tonight and see, first of all, God's resolve to destroy the earth. And Dr. Hahn will bring you into the conversation here. As God looked upon the earth in these verses, how did he evaluate it and what is he resolved to do? Yeah, so when we go to verses um, 11, 12, and 13, um, it's so clear, right? Um, Verse 11, the earth was corrupted and filled with violence. Verse 12, all flesh was corrupted his way upon the earth. Mm. And in these verses, earth, right? So God is is judging the earth, right? He's he's looking at and evaluating. He says it six times in those three verses, Mm. right? That I am looking at the earth. Mm. Corrupt. Or the word sahat is actually um, spoken four times in those in those three verses. Mm. Um, and so sahat, what does it mean? It means to destroy, corrupt, decay, to go to ruin, um, to spoil, or even to pervert or cor- uh, corrupt morally. Right. So their moral standards were perverted and corrupted. And then this word violence, right? Um, Hamas um, is violence. It's wrongness, it's cruelty, it's injustice. And so, you know, as I was looking at this, I, I can I can hear from like last last um, episode, we they, you were talking about God repenting or God grieving, and mm-hmm. I could just sense like that grieving spirit as he was doing this evaluation. Mm-hmm. And one of the commentaries say, you know, he he described it like this: wickedness, as it is the shame of human nature, so it is the ruin of human society. Take away conscience and the fear of God, and men become beasts and devils to one another. Mm. And of course, that would grieve God. Mm. And then his resolve then, as he speaks, and he intimately shares with Noah, and and that's what, you know, in verse 8 last time, we had seen that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So he had this trust in Noah, and he said, okay, Noah, um, in the end, I'm going to destroy all flesh and the earth. So he shared his plan with Noah, and Noah's going to be part of that plan. But, you know, he was grieving, and he shared it with this man, Noah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very important for us to see as well, as you mentioned, Dr. Han, the emphasis upon the earth, Mm -hmm. reference the earth, the earth, the earth. And so we're not talking about a local flood here, Micah, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Mm -hmm. And the corruption here, it wasn't a corruption of the environment. It wasn't... The, the problem wasn't their carbon footprint on no. the earth. It was a moral problem yeah. that was the issue. Yeah. When it says corruption, it really deals with a moral corruption. And when people are morally corrupt, it brings destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I, I noticed a lot of the same words that uh, Dr. Han mentioned. You know, when God looked upon the earth, he surveyed all flesh and he described all people to be corrupt, violent, wicked, evil. And I was just thinking about human history, and we can see that sinful man has always been drawn toward violence, from the gladiators of the Roman Colosseum mm-hmm. fighting to the death to the glorification of violence in today's movie, TV, video game culture. And then the pages of the Bible, too, they depict violence from beginning to end. You know, what began with the first son of Adam and Eve killing the second son, mm-hmm. it eventually led to a mob of wicked men killing mm-hmm. the Son of God. And at the end of the Bible, the armies of man actually go to war with the Son of God. So mm. we can only imagine how violent the people of Noah's day must have been to make God at that point 
decide to destroy them. So apparently the sinfulness of man had reached a level where the only solution was to destroy all creatures and start over with just a remnant. Yeah, that's, that's so well said, Micah. And, and as Dr. Hahn, as you brought out, the word corrupt mm-hmm. in these verses is the same Hebrew word as the word destroyed, yes. when God destroyed. Yeah. So in other words, because man was corrupting the earth, or effectively destroying it, yeah. God is going to destroy the earth that they've actually destroyed. Yeah, that's such a good point. And, and again, their destruction was not a destruction of the environment. It was a moral destruction. Mm. And when man morally or lives in such immoral and gross ways as to break down the institutions, especially the institution of the family, Mm -hmm. which was really being corrupted at this time, Mm -hmm. then God will step in and destroy it. And I also want to reach out to people, because what we see here is a progression, don't we, where it says the earth was corrupt, and then the earth was filled with violence. Mm -hmm. So when there's a moral corruption, what does it lead to? Violence. So so it wasn't the violence first. Mm -hmm. It was the moral Mm -hmm. corruption that led to the violence. Mm-hmm. And we see that in our own city, in our yeah. own nation, right? Mm-hmm. With the moral corruption mm-hmm. leading to the violence. Mm-hmm. And I want to reach out to those who might be... A, people are afraid today. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are being pushed onto subway trains. Yeah. Yes. And people are afraid about walking the streets yeah. mm-hmm. and what, what could happen to them. Mm-hmm. And if you are afraid of the violent culture that we're living in, we understand that. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, we cannot live in fear, and we cannot shut ourselves away. And I want to share a couple promises from Scripture that God will protect you. And so one such promise is in 2 Samuel 22 and verse 2 and 3, where it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in Him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, and my refuge and my Savior, thou savest me from violence. Amen. So there it is. Thou savest me from violence. Mm-hmm. And so, dear friend, if you're afraid of the violent culture that we're living in, we get it. Mm-hmm. But call upon the Lord and ask Him to save you from the violence. And He will protect you. And maybe maybe you've got to the point where you're afraid to go out. And you're just shutting yourself in. And you're not, you're not as free mm-hmm. as you used to be. We'd like to pray with you tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Give us a call right now. 929-333-3739. If you're living in fear of the violent, corrupt culture that we're living in. Yeah, I was talking to one of the gentlemen in our church today. And he said he just stopped taking the subway altogether. And I said, well, how'd you get here to church? And he said that he took a car. He took an Uber. But, you know, that's not always an option for all people, you know. Ubers are really expensive these days. Um, So we understand, as you said, Pastor, we understand the fear. So if if you're feeling fear right now or even as you listen to this program, please do give us a call. And it's 929-333-3739. Because, you know, what? when somebody prays for you when you're in fear, you feel better afterward. Yeah, and for those of you who just want to jot down another verse that you can claim... And this is where, you know, God will speak. God speaks to us through, through verses like this. And this is a great verse as well. It's in Psalm 140. And you can read the whole Psalm. It's only 13 verses. But the first verse says, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man. There's that word violence Amen. again. And so you might say, Well, I don't know how to pray for protection. 
there's a prayer right there. Mm -hmm. You know, we learn to pray by praying the prayers of the Bible. And so that's a great prayer. Deliver me, O Lord. And so, Lord, we do pray that you would deliver people under the sound of our voice who are living in fear of the violent, corrupt culture we're living in and protect them from the violent man. Um, yes, absolutely. actually, um, for me too. When this all started, I, um, Sister Debbie, your wife, actually gave me verses, and I actually typed it out, and I actually read them before I leave the house, and it's right at um, my door entrance. So wow. that's like another way to just remember God's promises of protection. Yeah, yeah. And I want to bring just one other point here about this matter of the earth was corrupt, and I was looking up this word corrupt, and I came upon a verse that shows what brings this kind of moral corruption in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's in Second Chronicles 26, verse 16, speaking of King Uzziah, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up mm-hmm. to his destruction or to his corruption. Yeah. So what is that? Pride. 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 Mm-hmm. And today was a parade called Pride. the Gay Pride Parade. Mm-hmm. And really, we shouldn't be parading around in our human pride. Mm. God resisteth Mm -hmm. the proud, doesn't Mm -hmm. he? And he giveth grace to the humble. So we've reached out to those who may be overwhelmed with the violence of our culture. But I, I just want to reach out as well. Maybe there's someone under the sound of my voice who actually was engaged in the moral corruption and you've been immersing yourself in it. Maybe you were even at the pride parade today. But you're under conviction. And you're ashamed, and you want to turn to the Lord. That's why you're listening to this program. Mm -hmm. And you need Jesus in your life, and He loves you. And in spite of whatever sins you've committed, He says, Come unto me, and I will give you rest. The corruption of this world and the moral perversion and pride of this world will not give your soul the rest that that you need. You need Jesus Christ. You need His precious blood. You need the power of His resurrection to deliver you, dear friends. And He will. And so call upon Him today. Because pride destroys and corrupts. And we want to hear from you also if we can pray with you. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're in the gay lifestyle and you need deliverance from it. We'd love to hear from you at 929-333-3739. And we're very serious about this. And we're very hopeful about this as well. That God could help you through this and bring you out of it. Call us right now at 929 333 3739. I want to give you one verse on this. Hosea 13 9. Hosea 13 9. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. And there's that same word that we're looking at in this passage in Genesis 6 of corrupt. You have corrupted yourself, O dear friend. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. God is pleading with his people. But in me is thine help. There's help Amen. in the Lord, the creator of all the heaven and all the earth. Amen. Pastor, to follow up on that, um, in Second Chronicles, I believe, uh, it says that if my people who are called by my name, mm. and we're all created by God, That's right. um, if they will humble themselves and pray, then he would heal, our, heal them and heal our land. That's, yes. I, that, I'm not sure that's all of it, but yeah. that's close. And yeah. um, I just think that, that, that from the corruption, people would, if they just call upon the Lord, Amen. they will hear them. They, they can experience His healing. Yes. And Hattie, let's, con- let's continue on with mm-hmm. the next question, really, that we have for you. And, and talking about corruption, Jesus said that the end times, before He returns, 
would be as it, as it was in the days of Noah. So it will be in the days of the Son of Man. In other words, in his coming. So how do our days even remind us of these days of Noah? As stated earlier uh, by yourself and others, um, the family is, is the core mm. of what happened mm-hmm. here in Noah's time and in our time. And in today's society, we have much corruption in our families. Uh, mm. Children don't know the the difference between a man. The Bible says that a family is made up of a man and a wife. We have mm-hmm. two fa- two fathers, two mothers, no mothers, uh, uh, one one parent in the home. Mm. And in in Noah's time, it was the the sons of God were marrying into the with the daughters of the sons of men, mm-hmm. and that's where the corruption came in there, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. But today we have an instant society. We have television, telephone, internet. Um, the computer and uh, movies, magazines, and things that we can instantly access to uh, that people and they do inst- instantly access them for all the um, the the bad things of of the world: mm-hmm. homosexuality, uh, fornication, uh, a family. Uh, mm. uh, what is it? Family. Um, Deprivation. Uh, we don't we don't treasure or love the family as we should. Yeah. And Pastor, that's on all levels. That's educationally, mm-hmm. um, financially, yeah. and spiritually. We're just we're just not there in terms of um, loving God and knowing how to love God. And we're just we're just headed. And in um, I think it's Matthew, uh, yeah, Matthew uh, twenty four. Jesus even speaks of of this this time in Noah Noah's day yeah. that there would be uh, the, the same thing and the people would just be living, mm-hmm. getting married, doing living life, yeah. and not having a clue as to what was going <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. And and we have the same thing today. Um, most people do not know what what what's going on around them uh, yes. in in terms of that. And as we were there's talk- a biblical illiteracy today. Yes, people, very we, much so. We put the Bible aside. People don't know the Bible. They don't know what they were created for to do and to bring mm-hmm. glory to God. Yeah. But like I said, Pastor, that's because of the the, the things that we have that that distract them from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the games on the internet, um, the things on the radio, television that that people that, and that and they follow what other leaders say. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Hattie. Oh. Brother Micah. Yeah, and just to piggyback off what Hattie was saying, you know, if you're not sure that we're living in days that look like pretty similar to the days of Noah. Listen to this headline that, you know, was on the TV when we walked in the studio even. It said, Planned Parenthood kicked off the NYC Pride March. So the newscaster went on to describe that due to late-breaking the decision of the Supreme Court, that Planned Parenthood was the lead group and float in the LGBT Pride March today. Um, So, you know, we've got this parade in our city celebrating human pride and a completely anti-God agenda in regards to the family, as Hattie was saying. And it's no wonder that 39% of Generation Z, those 18 to 24, now consider themselves to be LGBTQ. So these kids have been totally indoctrinated in in the matter of one generation into thinking that being gay or trans is better than being what God created them to be. Yeah, and you know what? Let me just flat out say it. Planned Parenthood is a racist organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was founded by Margaret Sanger, and before yeah. it was Planned Parenthood, it was really about forced sterilization mm. 
of people that Margaret Sanger thought were inferior, yeah. and many of those people were black people. Mm-hmm. And, and Sister Hattie, you know that as well. And it's a racist organization, it's foundation, and really abortion is a racist uh, uh, practice mm-hmm. because of the 60 million or so babies that have been murdered through abortion mm-hmm. up to 20 million of them have been precious black babies yeah. and these are gifts from God every baby yeah. is a gift from God mm-hmm. and they've been murdered and 20 million black babies is an inordinate number of black children out of the 60 million yeah. that have been killed yeah and if there are people out there listening who are like I've never heard that before you know look it up because I actually participated in a prayer vigil outside of the big Planned Parenthood here in the city. It's on Bleecker Street, I believe. But at that place on Bleecker Street, it's called Margaret Sanger Way. Even to this day, they haven't even changed the name of it. And it's surprising because, you know, all it takes is a quick Internet search, Margaret Sanger Racist, and you can see all the quotes. All the things they defended did. her for a long time, for a long time but yeah. recently they've even come out and said, "Yes, she is a racist." Yeah. So even they've had to agree yeah. that Margaret Sanger was a racist, and she's the founder of Planned Parenthood. Yeah, and so she used to uh, speak people in need front to know that KKK rallies. She used yeah. to speak at oh, KKK wow. rallies. So absolutely. But this is also interesting, Micah. Let me let me ask you what you think about this. That and we, we talked about it. Uh, when we talked about the sons of God going into the daughters of men mm-hmm. and that those sons of God were actually angels uh, procreating with with human uh, women, uh, you mm-hmm. know, actual human me- women, so that it would be a hybrid mm-hmm. race that w- had developed on the earth, a corrupt mm-hmm. race. Uh, the gene pool of man had become corrupted yeah. by these angels cohabiting mm-hmm. with women. And so as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. And today, we have some of the world's most famous scientists talking about man being hackable animals. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to merge. They think that the the next development of man, right, Mm -hmm. is is not, it's going to be a development of man merging with machine, hacking men with computers, and man merging with literally computers and not knowing the difference between artificial intelligence and and actually human life. So do you think that that, uh, the next, if you will, corruption of the humanity is going to be in this artificial intelligence corruption? I think that's where they're trying to go. I mean, I don't... I don't know how far God is going to actually let it go. When I think of the Tower of Babel, you know, and we'll, we'll get there in a few weeks, but um, when I think of the Tower of Babel, I just think that is where we're going as a society. We're trying to reach God. And we talked about how transhumanism, they're saying that the next level of human evolution is transhumanism, where man merges yeah. with machine. Yeah, but I think really it's something. interesting that Dr. Hahn pointed out that the word corrupt and the word destroy in the Hebrew, it's the same word. Mm-hmm. Well, as these transhumanists are trying to corrupt <laughs> the human, they're actually destroying it, and they don't know it. And also, and again, I don't want to be conspiratorial or overly controversial here, but yeah. even the vaccines, mm-hmm. this, these, this new technology and these most recent vaccines, it's not really a vaccine. Mm-hmm. It's an mRNA gene therapy shot Mm -hmm. and what will that do to corrupt the human Mm -hmm. dna i'm not sure about that but where where's this all going to go we're not really sure the question but Mm -hmm. it could it's i believe leading us to the days of noah and the corruption of humanity so let's continue on here so we we see god's resolve to destroy the earth because of the corruption and the violence. And next we see, Dr. Hahn, God's commission to Noah to build the ark. So as God tells Noah to construct the ark, 
let's talk a little bit about the size of it and could all the land animals and people actually ask this could all the land animals even the dinosaurs actually fit into the ark yeah that's fascinating so you know coming to heritage i've had to challenge that thought right like mm. noah's ark is indeed not a fable right and coming in that posture then you start researching right so for me i actually went to answersingenesis.org so if anybody you Excellent know wants, website. wants mm. to get more information and you get actually research articles and and people who've actually researched this right um so like one study talked about you know like in 1993 a korean study did the scientific study endorses the seaworthiness of the ark Right, mm. So that's the level yeah. that we're talking about here. But going back to the size, verse 15 says three, 300 cubits long, 50 cubits uh, wide, 30 cubits in height. So what does that mean? Uh, one cubit is about 18 or 20 inches in, in kind of U.S. Uh, measurements, which is about 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. So... The, so now you're thinking, okay, what does this mean, right? So for those of us that can't visualize. So and one commentary said, the ark is as long as a 30-story building laid down flat, right? That's as long as it is, oh, right? Wow, so Empire, wow. you know, one of these skyscrapers, imagine them on the ground and 30 stories high, right? Like that's that's how long it is. Um, so another comparison. So the Santa Maria was 100 feet long. The Titanic was eight, 800 feet long. And so like even the Queen Mary too, right, it's 1,100 feet long. So when Much there longer than the Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. Yeah. But in a time where there were no boats of this yeah. magnitude, <laughs> it was 450 yeah. feet long, yeah. right? And so um, it wasn't until like the 1850s where boats of that that magnitude were even created on a regular basis. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. So, and let me just make this point as well that mm-hmm. the Noah's Ark was not constructed to be a speedboat. Right. It's like like Noah no. wasn't going to go out water skiing with his no. family here, right? <laughs> I mean, it was constructed so it wouldn't capsize yeah. in the midst mm-hmm. of 40 days yes. of tsunamis and storms and, and earthquakes right. rumbling all under it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when you think about okay, like again, like this is not a fable. Can land, can all those land animals actually? fit into this. Yeah. And so when you think about it, some comparisons are made. They say that the Ark was the size of a cargo ship, like a modern day cargo ship. Mm-hmm. Um, it has three decks, like we read, and each deck 9,500 square feet, right? So the cubic feet of this is 1.4 million. And the Ark weighed 14,000 tons, right? Wow. So this is a massive thing that happened many years ago. So they've even said that it, the capacity of the Ark is about 500 you know, railroad cars, which can carry around 125,000 sheep. So wow. again, like a modern day oil yeah. tanker, right? That's the size that they're saying. Yeah. Um, and so if you think about like an example, like if an ark can carry two of every species back then, let's say it's 35,000 pairs of animals, that's still only 70,000 animals, but the ark can still carry, like they were saying, anywhere from 125 to 130,000 you know, animals of small yeah. average size. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have to think about the, the the people, the provisions, the water, and the food, right? And so it it could 
like just what based an immense on job these dimensions. Noah had. Micah, mm-hmm. can you yeah. jump in here? Well, I, I just think we should remember that the Bible is a rational and a logical book because it comes from a rational, logical God. And that's one of the reasons why God gives us the dimensions of the ark in his word. And the ark was huge. You know, it wasn't, as Dr. Hans said, it wasn't a modest-sized boat that we see in children's coloring books with the giraffe's heads poking (laughs) out the window. It was more like a modern-day cruise ship. Um, And it could contain all these animals to repopulate the earth. And the physical dimensions of the ark, they make sense too. So, for instance, if you look at the boat in the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Mesopotamian myth that some wrongly claim was the precursor to the story of Noah, it was a cube shape. And a cube is absolutely not seaworthy. And, it, you know, that's why we never see boats that are cube shaped. They would automatically capsize when disturbed by strong winds and waves mm-hmm. and the animals inside would not have survived but that same study I was looking at that uh, Dr. Hahn talked about it confirmed that the ark could handle waves as high as 100 feet tall and it was perfect for stability comfort and strength and, and dear friend maybe you're wondering am I saved? has God saved me? if you were alive in the days of Noah there was one way to be saved from the coming flood mm-hmm. and I think Noah must have traveled around saying have you heard? have you heard? I'm building an ark I'm building an ark and Noah preached faithfully for all these years but no one actually responded but dear friend have you responded to the call of salvation to come to Jesus mm-hmm. if you have any questions about your salvation give us a call right now at 929-333-3739 we're here to take your calls mm-hmm. pray with you maybe you just have a burden on your heart tonight maybe you just have a, a prayer request maybe you have a family member who's recently come down with cancer or maybe you're struggling financially in these days of high inflation let us pray with you right now at 929 333 Three seven three nine, and I think we do just need to add in here as far as the size of the ark and and well, what about the dinosaurs and yeah. what about the elephants? Mm-hmm. I do believe the dinosaurs were on the ark, but the, but doesn't that doesn't mean Noah took in full size dinosaurs? Right. He couldn't. He mm-hmm. could have just simply taken in baby elephants yeah. mm-hmm. and baby rhinos yeah. and baby dinosaurs yeah. as well, and he could have cared for them, and maybe they would have hibernated. I, I if I was you know had those lions and bears and tigers oh my i hope they were hibernating and sleeping right during the time of the storm right hattie yes so hattie talk to us about the significance of the window there was a there was a window that perhaps extended around the ark but there was one door and three stories on the ark what's the significance of these things do you think well, to me, it sounds like the window is for uh, ventilation mm-hmm. and light. And light. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, um, the door, uh, Jesus said he was the door in, the, in I, I believe it was in John, John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that he is the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, the three tiers, I believe, would be the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yeah, so the three stories, you think that reminds us of the triunity of God. It, it could well. Mm-hmm. And definitely the door reminds us of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. the, and the fact that it was only one door, one way in and one way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And we're going to see next week as well, It's and that God himself is the one who shut the door. Yeah. Yeah. There's a common phrase that we sometimes use, uh, a window of hope, meaning that even when someone is in a dark situation, there's always a window of hope, a place where the light can come in. And the window of the ark truly was that window of hope for Noah and his family and the animals. As we mentioned, the windows had a literal purpose. They let light in to the ship and also they allowed for ventilation. 
But surely during those dark days and weeks in the storm, those windows also provided hope that one day they would be getting off the ark and starting a new life on earth. And the window was also the place where Noah eventually sends out the raven and then the dove in hope that dry land had appeared. Mm. Amen. And Jesus did say, dear friend, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Have you heard about Jesus? We're going to just play a quick song. And it's entitled, Have You Heard? And I thought, and I just, as I just mentioned about Noah, I mean, if I were Noah back in his day, I would, I would have gone all over. Have you heard? Have you heard? I'm building an ark. Come and enter into the door. And our message, of course, today isn't to enter into an ark, but it's come into Jesus Christ. Come to a saving knowledge, a saving relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And so here's a beautiful song of Have You Heard?
We can be made new by the power of the gospel. So, Esther, let's just continue on here. What is the importance of God bringing this mighty worldwide flood onto the earth? And what are the consequences? What would the consequences be from such a flood? Well, the, the whole concept of what you just said about a mighty worldwide flood, um, there's only one word that used to describe this flood. Um, that's the word mobile, and it's only used twice in the Old Testament. Mm. And so it is not a description of a local flood like we experienced last summer. Mm. Um, so, you know, where our possessions, our property was destroyed. No, this was, God said, go build an ark and save your family. And so this verse, in verse 17, um, mobile means um, a deluge or flood, but in Noah, it also refers to Noah's flood that submerged the entire planet underwater for about a year. The only other place that it says it, again, is Psalm 29:10, and that whole psalm is about the voice of the Lord. Mm. And at the end of the, the, the power of the voice of the Lord, at the end, uh, David says, The Lord sitteth upon the flood, yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. And it's, that's how powerful this flood was. And, you know, from this consequence um, of the flood, you get destroyed flesh. The, and just like it says yeah. in verse 17, the breath, anything that had breath of life from under heaven, everything that is in the earth shall die. Everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's how like cataclysmic this, um, this flood was. It's, an absur- it's absurd to say that this was a local flood because Noah had 120 years to move mm-hmm. out of that area if Absolutely. it was. Okay, so Michael, then we read in verses 18 to 21 that God makes a covenant with Noah. So let's talk about this covenant. Why is this word covenant significant? And and why does God establish this covenant with Noah? Yeah, in verse 18, we see the word covenant for the first time in the Bible. God says, but with thee will I establish my covenant. And the word means alliance or pledge. So God was making a pledge to Noah that although he was about to end all flesh, God would provide salvation for just enough flesh to recreate and repopulate the planet. And this pledge was not only because Noah was faithful, but because God had made an earlier promise in the Garden of Eden, which he couldn't break. So remember that after Adam and Eve sinned, God proclaimed a curse on the serpent, and God promised that one day the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Now, that couldn't be fulfilled if God destroyed all flesh. So essentially, if all men were destroyed, Jesus Christ would never be born to save men from their sin. Absolutely. And of course, Jesus Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of this covenant. As it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, that the Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And so this piece of the covenant is that the Messiah is going to come through the son of Shem, of Noah, Mm. as God establishes this covenant with Noah. Mm. So Hattie, as... God continues to speak to Noah in verses 19 through 22. He tells him to bring all these different animals into the ark. And now, how how do you think these animals could have gotten into the ark, Hattie? I believe that they came to him from instinct. And they came to Noah. Noah didn't have to go after them. They came to him by instinct. Yeah, that's right. They migrated, didn't they? They migrated to him, yes. Hattie, thank you for being here tonight. Dr. Hahn, thank you. Man, the program went fast this evening. We didn't quite get to finish. Micah, did you want to have a last word? 
Um, I just think of the promises that God made, the covenant that he made with Noah and his family. You know, God, can he makes promises to us and he can make a covenant with us that we can be saved. And so we have to believe in that promise from God and accept it. And what I love about Noah is his faith, his courageous faith. We talked about those giants, those Nephilim giants, mm. but Noah was the real giant of his day, yeah. a giant <laughs> of faith in Jesus Christ. So, dear friends, this world might have mighty men famous, but the true giants are the ones who stand for Jesus Christ. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website hbcnyc.org and join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.